on planet Earth today, 7.93 billion people on planet Earth. And listen to this. There are 3.37 billion people who are unreached. If you round it, 43%, most of which have never even heard the name of Jesus or have access to any level of scripture, we got a problem on our hands. Welcome to Keystone Conversations, our podcast on the topics and issues important to the Keystone family. Our hope is to give you insight, wisdom, and resources as you press on to know and follow Jesus. I'm Randy Woodbury, Executive Pastor here at Keystone. And I am Brent Minter, Lead Pastor of Keystone Church. There you go. Love it. Our topic today, my friend, missions. There's yes. there's, there's certain words in our culture and our uh, people that are somewhat hard to define because they're so broad, they're so big, they're so personal. Yeah. But when you think about missions, we usually think about in the context of three locations, local, and what we call regional, which is our church plants, and then global. And we're actually going to spend some time over, over coming weeks talking about each of these, but today is very specific. Today, Brent, we're going to talk about global missions. And let's just start at the very basic. Why? I'm sitting here in Ankeny, Iowa. It's negative 1,000 degrees out. I have a family of four. I'm, I'm doing random stuff, not my own. Yeah. I have a job. Why should I care about global missions? Where does that fit in my headspace? Yeah, I think that's our goal today is to try to get us from why should we care about this to even giving context to what we do. So that's our hope for today's uh, episode. Mm. Um, you know, why you should care, I think of multiple things. And um, first, I think the thing that we need to talk about is a the theological background. I know it feels so... Uh, um, basic for a pastor to go, well, let's start with the Bible. But it categorically, I like it. we need to spot. start with the Bible because I I actually don't know if all of our people, we know that there's missionaries, that's a concept, but why is it so important? And mm-hmm. I want to give three passages in the scriptures very quickly that actually paint a picture of why missions uh, exist. And so the first part is that to realize that God has a story of redemption from the beginning passages of the scripture. So this is Genesis chapter 12. It's a covenant with Abraham, but this is what Genesis 12, 1 through 3 says. The Lord said to Abram, he's not even Abraham yet. This right. is the beginning of that covenant. Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And this is it, verse 3. I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who treat you with contempt. And this is it. All the peoples on earth will be blessed mm. through you. Mm-hmm. So God's beginning of the covenant with Israel was never just for Israel. Right. Um, man, did it be a blessing to Israel, yes. But the vision God had initially from the introduction of his redemption covenant from with the people of Israel was that that would actually reach all people. Right. So book one, only like intro. Right. God's saying, my desire to be with people is to be with all people. Take it to the end of the book, Revelation chapter 5. Again, just this concept that God's story of redemption just didn't start. We It started with all people. Right. It ends in Romans chapter 5 with all people. This is verse 9. It says, and they sing a song. This is the um, angels floating around the throne room of grace. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seal because you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God by your blood. And listen, from every tribe and language and people and nation. So God's call originally was it would be a blessing all people. And we see around the throne that there are actually people from every tribe, language, people, and nation. 
God's plan of redemption was not just for you and me. It was from every culture, every nation, every tongue that's spoken. That's the scope. And what's interesting is, is like that's the story of redemption in the, in the scriptures. It starts and stops with all people. Mm. But what's interesting is, is then Jesus, you know, there's actually the Great Commission is in all the Gospels, but we kind of just, uh, for whatever reason, the Matthew 28 is the famous one. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus invites us into this redemption story that has the scope of all people. This is Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came to them and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The story from the beginning pages to the ending has always included all people. And Jesus, when he invites us into the story, he says it again, that that, that you're to make disciples of all nations, and you're not going to believe what that Greek word means there. It's actually in the command. It means all nations. There you go. It doesn't mean America. It doesn't mean just my neighbor. Yes, of course, love your neighbor. But the scope of the gospel has always been every person on planet Earth. That's always been a very helpful reminder in the dark trials of we can have such a myopic view of the scope of the power of God and that what you just laid out, the Alpha and the Omega from Genesis to Revelation, every step of the way, Jesus' own words himself, all people, all times. And that when when times, I mean, I've used this before, when times get tough and I think it's, you know, my view is too narrow, I think broadly, what you just laid out there is good for the brother and sister sitting in Mumbai, a brother and sister sitting in China, a brother and sister sitting in Rio, everywhere, globally, same words, yeah. same passages, all people, regardless of context. You nailed it. And I think it's actually, that's the theological reality. But I, listen, um, you nailed it. The call is for a Korean brother and sister mm. that all nations should believe as much as it is for me. What's interesting is Korea actually sends unbelievable amounts of missionaries. Right. This isn't an American enterprise. This right. isn't a Western enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, if you read the scriptures, uh, if you read the pages in scripture, you cannot ignore that God's gospel is, or the gospel of Christ is for every person on planet Earth. And let me just give you a state of affairs, right? Okay. Statistics can... Um, Do a lot of statistics bring. I know. Well, you're a numbers guy. So, but <laughs> I, this statistic is actually sh- shocking, right? On planet Earth today, um, 7.93 billion people on planet Earth. And listen to this. There are 3.37 billion people who are unreached, most of which have never even heard the name of Jesus or have access to any level of scripture or um, ability to even believe, even if they wanted to. Wow. So let me get you in that. That's 42%. If you round it, 43% of population of planet Earth have no access or no propagating church, very little access to the scripture. We got a problem on our hands. That's stunning. That's just stunning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we walk around Ankeny and see all the churches, right? Mm-hmm. We're blessed. Right. right. We don't even be ashamed that we're blessed, but we also have to recognize the lostness of the world, and that's actually on us. That's a great transition in that you brought it home in, in a concrete fashion here, and, and your theological basis is, is fantastic and it's great, um, but I've talked to you for long enough now. This is immensely personal to you. Uh, this goes to just that another level. It's not just head knowledge, it's yeah. heart knowledge for you. How did that develop? 
Yeah, I mean, just to say it up front, I, in my early 20s, I didn't have another vision for my life other than living overseas and being a wow. missionary. Um, I, I was unbelievably blessed. I grew up in a, a ministry that wasn't salt, but uh, literally I based off the same thing. Same Did you have process. a country picked out? Did you have that one country you wanted to go to in your yeah, head? 100%. Like I, I spent six weeks um, in Asia in, in college, um, I don't know, six to eight weeks. Absolutely loved it. I had my uh, university um, at the time was one of the highest uh, mission sending. Uh, it was a small Christian college in Oklahoma, but it was the highest number of missionaries sent out of any institution in the United States at oh, one point. Yeah. I mean, just an incredible missions. And the guy who discipled me helped me understand that my life wasn't for me. It mm -hmm. was for other people. And oh, wow. if there's a need on the other side of planet Earth, then that's invaluable to me. So uh, coming out of undergrad... Um, I really had three options, like go work music in the church, okay. I'd travel full-time as a musician and go lead worship, or go overseas. And it different, my senior year, um, I was real, I mean, I was inches from doing a two-year program post-college to spend overseas. Um, you move that forward, it, I, I assumed that it was that season, it was no. I, I mean, mm. how tangible the, a call to being a missionary was in my life. The first date I went on on Carrie, it was a fleece for her almost like, hey, I'm very interested in dating you, but you need to know this. I fully anticipate living overseas for a portion of my adult life. And would you be okay with that? Because it's an opening. That's, that's a, that, that's that a was strategy. my opening. Yeah. Here's my marketing campaign <laughs> for a girl to like me. How do you feel about not living in the United States, right? And so, but that was actually compelling to her because she had spent a lot of time mm. in college overseas as well. So as we began to get married, we had a vision. So we went to seminary. Um, our first church experience wasn't great. I was like, I do not want to spend the rest of my life in the American church. Thank you very much. There's people on planet Earth who've never heard, and I got to deal with all this church crap. Go. I'm not super excited about that. <laughs> so um, I went to seminary, and where we were in our marriage, we literally got the application and started filling out the application to be full-time missionaries with, a, with the International Mission Board. Mm. Um, as we began to fill that out, and it sat on our kitchen table, um, we thought that that would be our next step, and in God's timing, it wasn't. We could tell a long story about what that looks like. I mean, it was so real in our life when we were pregnant with our third kid, we were scared to tell Carrie's mom because we had had three kids in three and a half wow. years, and we were like, right. uh, you're, you know. <laughs> and so Carrie actually called her mom and said, Mom, I need you to sit down. Um, we were pregnant. And she said, Woof, I thought you were going to tell us you're moving to China. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how real wow. this was for me. The last time Carrie and I were overseas together, mm -hmm. I walked down the street of among the people that I've loved my whole life and prayed for my whole adult life and had tears coming down my face mm. because I truly believed, like I was weeping because I was like, God, I was willing to come. There's so few workers. Right. And I was willing, why didn't you call us? Mm. Um, because there was always been a desire. I mean, you know how geeky I am with loving languages and all things ethnicities. Uh, <laughs> but... There's a level of which I don't just believe this theologically. I believe it in my bones. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so, and that's true for Carrie as well. So it, this desire for us to not just care about our local church, but around the world is deep inside of me. And that's just a good reminder. And we talk about it, but I, I don't think we can talk about it too much. The 1002 concept. Yes. Of whether it's 
you know, we just finished literally our 1002 moment here as staff, and it's easy for us to focus on our needs. And we have needs for workers. We need workers around the world. Mm-hmm. And you think through that, and that's not just something that we think we do because it's cute. We do yeah. it because it's deeply held core belief in what our mission here is. Yeah, if you talk to anyone who's given their life overseas, they would say the number one need they have is more workers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, Two point or whatever the billion people, forty two percent or forty three percent of the world doesn't have access, easy access to the gospel. It just takes someone saying, "Who will go? Whom, whom shall I send?" That's Isaiah, right? But you also have, how will they hear unless they've heard? Like somebody has to share the good news of Christ. And on some level, that does seem a little overwhelming, right? Three billion people, but and we've talked about this in multiple concepts. How do how do you reach three billion people one at a time? And so on a theological yeah. standpoint and on a personal standpoint, the, the passion for that, the, the call for that's clear. What are some of the concrete things Keystone's doing to, to move the ball down the field, to, to yeah. reach that next person? Yeah, I think here's the thing is that um, Keystone's actually doing quite a bit, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not always seen. Yes. Um, uh, that's for multiple reasons. Um, a great reason is, is we do a lot of l- regional sending, church planting. Like, mm-hmm. Honestly, our church is elite at that. The fact that people, I mean, we've sent over 100 people to church plants, that's unheard of. Like, right. And so that's, we want to rejoice that that's true, but we don't want to turn down the volume of global missions because that is true. So Correct. we celebrate that. But so some of that over the past few years of doing church planting, that's gotten in the press in our church. But there's also a big reality behind that. I, another categorical reason that it's difficult, some of the places, some of the, you know, partnerships and places right. we want to work on in the world, we can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. There's real security issues. And for those people we love and support and want to be praying for, if we mention it, um, that puts them in danger or the people they're ministering to in danger. And, and let's so, be clear, this is true persecution. Yeah. This is life, death, jail persecution. No, this isn't, I'm embarrassed to tell my uh, coworker that I follow Jesus. Right. This is uh, kicked out of country, endangering mm-hmm. indigenous believers. Mm-hmm. Um. So we're not going to do that. And right. so, sorry, Keystone, our PR isn't great, <laughs> but missionaries are safe. I just did some numbers, Randy. Since 2017, we've given $1.3 billion. We've Billy, been talking yes. about, oh, whoa. <laughs> let's, let's correct that. $1.3 million to outreach, which is local, wow. global, and um, and church planting. So that's... All that together. That's huge in five years. And thank you to our people for yeah. that generosity. So when you're giving to Keystone, this isn't just to make us better. Like mm-hmm. one point, over a million dollars in five years have been to support outreach. of. Now of that, a, right at a third, like uh, last year, um, our outreach budget was uh, right at $300,000. That's local, again, church planting and global. And almost a third goes directly to global. Like So... We're not touching that. Right? Almost right. $90,000 every year is going to global initiatives around the world. And so that's, it's not unheard of. Like we, and by the way, we doubled that last year. The year before, global was about 40 something, and last year is almost 90. So we're almost doubling that at a clip because as that outreach budget grows, all the growth is going into global for us. Right. So mm, that's, that's, a, that's a really big thing. So, but let's talk about what Keystone is doing. Because and that's think, shifted over the years because, yeah. I mean, just like the pandemic shifted everything, this yeah. has affected global yeah. missions at the core. Yeah, I think that there's, the way I would say it is that there's really a one philosophy we've always had, and then there's a couple of eras. Mm. Uh, 
and it is tied to the pandemic. The philosophy is this. If you want to know what we're trying to do at a global level, there's three focuses for us. The first one is church planting. And what that means is we actually want to help start churches where yes. there are no churches. Yes. Okay? That is our priority when we think of global missions. There's there's some more we're going to talk about. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great things. Right. But for us, what's most important is helping churches start where there are no churches. And when we think of that, we're going to think of two, because we could start churches all over the place. Right. Okay. There's so many ways that are good for that. For us, when we focus, we're going to focus on two places. Number one, we're going to try to reach students. Do you see this theme in go. our life of our Absolutely. church? Absolutely. So we're going to reach the next generation. So when we're thinking of church planning, we're going to lean towards places that are on the campus or near the next generation or college students because of the unbelievable strategy. Um, and it's also because that's a place where we can send our students, okay? And number two is among the unreached. So where is there no self-propagating church? Where is it that less than 2% of the population are Christians? If there's unreached and students, we're interested. That's where we're going to drive for us to start churches. The second, So church planting, the second one is church strengthening. Mm-hmm. There is an unbelievable global church. The global south is actually growing where the western church is not. Okay, right. and so global south is a new way that we would say the third world. Mm-hmm. So in the third world, the gospel is growing like crazy, and that actually includes in some countries that were harder. Dare and I say it's flourishing. You're 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 completely right. We could have a whole different podcast Absolutely. about and what we should thing. learn yes. from the global south. Amen. But today, where can we strengthen that church? Where can we draw dollars, equipping resources to bolster where the church is? Because they often don't have the resources, either uh, theological training Mm -hmm. or um, even financial that we have here in the U.S. And third is, is community development. And so that community development is poverty, issues where um, the church, I mean, or believers or non-believers are suffering because mm-hmm. of poverty. Like poverty is a significant issue in the world. So those are our three philosophies. And and here's the, this is really important. We've made these decisions, and it's not right. Like all three of these are so stinking uh, scripture focused. It's insane. Right, right. But as we put our mission dollars, we're actually going to prioritize our time and our money in that order. So right. we're going to choose ch- church starting over everything. We're gonna, then we're going to do church strengthening, and then we're going to do uh, poverty based or needs based ministries. So that um, th- we're going to focus on all those, but that's our priority matrix for that. Fantastic, and it's just a, a practical consideration for that. One, the more churches you have, the more missions you can have. So we're planting yeah. churches globally. So over time, think of it this way, even the Salt Network concept where 20 years ago there was single-digit number of churches, now there's over 20. The combined missions budget of those 20 churches is oh, now yeah. more powerful than if we had just tried to maximize one or two. But you you, you present something with someone a, a few months ago, and, I, and the country doesn't matter and security reasons and the situation, but there's a certain country that's very strategically um, locating their colleges and universities. And in, in this specific country, it was basically putting four major universities at like a crossroads where, and I think it, the way it was presented to us, if you put like University of Oklahoma, University of Texas, um, Alabama, and uh, Florida on the same corners, just yeah. one, everyone. And, and the number of students in that context wasn't, I believe, correct me, was in the hundreds of thousands. Oh, yeah, of course. And to think of, okay, strategically putting someone there 
where you have hundreds of thousands of next-gen students, that is yeah. it, it's awe-inspiring to me. It is. And, I mean, from a missiological perspective, those students are mostly leaving their homes. This isn't true in every country, but mm -hmm. a lot of countries, they're leaving their home, their their homeland or, the, you know, where their ancestral lands are, and they're coming to study in the university. We have an opportunity to share the gospel before they go back home. So it's actually uh, a way to propagate the gospel into a larger country as well. It's um, amazing. It, it's it's and that's you know a part of students and unreached for us is because one of our huge philosophies is is we want to send our salt students and so right it's a huge focus for us it's easier to send salt students than it is for adults if you've got two three four weeks of PTO and we're asking you to go ten days a year that's harder for adults but that's actually a very strong sending uh, philosophy for us but let's talk about those are some of our philosophies let's talk about some yeah, errors because this errors. is real yep. this is really important. Mm -hmm. 2017 to 2019, we were starting because we were brand new as Keystone. Right. We had had um, a Cornerstone Ankeny days, but we were saying, what's our philosophy? So we actually, in 2018, 2019, we were so excited because we had partnerships that we were delighted in. Absolutely. Now, these were partnerships we could not talk about publicly, right. but behind the scenes, we had even people that were members of Keystone in unreached peoples on planet Earth. Our SALT students were going there for the summer, and we had long-term five-year plans because we want our SALT students to get in a vision for missions and praying that God would raise them right. up. We also had some really strong places that we could send adults to on a pretty consistent basis so people could understand mm -hmm. poverty, understand the rest of the world. So we were so excited. And then 2020 came, Randy. <laughs> and... <laughs> I mean, it messed everything up. I want, I want to do the the, the audible wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and I would say two things happened in that moment is, number one is the missions world was turned upside down. Everyone came home. So, and then a place where we were sending most of our resources and time, there was also significant security issues that right. were exposed at a national level for all uh, missionaries and both for... Uh, COVID reasons and also security reasons, every person that we're investing in and the people that we're trying to reach in that country got shut down. Right. And man, heartbreaking. Like I spent a lot of time on phone calls uh, with people from our church and also from just that we support uh, who are literally trying to get their life belongings back into the U.S. Right, that's as mentioned. Grief. It shut down and they left possessions and have not gotten them. They're yeah. still there. Yeah, 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 100%. So there was a reset of the global world. And as that reset, there's also another uh, country that we we're working in, sending a lot of adults to, had a lot of political unrest, and it's not safe to send people consistently. So we had to go back to the drawing board. Now, the good news is, is that we had all of our same principles. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. there was some, we're still supporting a lot of the things that we were supporting, but we, one of our goals, Randy, is not just to have places where we send money. We want to have places we can invite our people, people yes. to pray for, to give towards, to go. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of reset the vision for that. So last year, our elders, two of the quarters that, of 2022, was focused on rethinking missions, but also re-engaging it and helping our church understand it. This is one of the reasons like, we've done five or six podcasts now. This is one of the first ones we're doing because we do want to talk about this. And that brings us into a new era now. So now you have the post-COVID area. Yes. What's some of those? Some of the great like? things that we're doing is is we're actually um, building new partnerships that are students mm -hmm. and unreached. There you go. So those are some really important things for us. Um, so 
we're eager to start working in Central Asia. We actually, uh, you saw um, a video at Keystone, and we commissioned Ben and Sydney to go to Central Asia. Yep. Excited for them, um, praying for them as they try to get settled and get some language acquisition. We have plans to go visit them and invest in them. We actually also have plans to get our students there this summer, so right. our SALT students. So, mm -hmm. again, incredible partnership. Another partnership is in Japan. Um, eager for that. This is a unique thing. Um, most of my missions world has been in really strong third world. And Japan is not third world, but listen to this. By numbers alone, they're the second largest unreached people group in the world. That was shocked to me. Shocking. Mm -hmm. Less than, uh, I, I was on the Joshua Project, which was an incredible website. Um, Japan, 0.3% of the population are evangelical Christian. Mm. 0.3 of like 1.3 three or 1.2 billion, or mm -hmm. yeah, billion people. No, that's wrong. One, 113 million. Good gracious. I'm all over the place <laughs> we're today. We're, to we're to totally talking about salaries later today. Billions, <laughs> billions. So. But I, I mean, point three. And what's interesting is Japan is, in a mission sense, is an open country. Yeah. And so it's actually, you can go there. It's not a security issue for mm -hmm. us to go to Japan. Um but there is incredible need in that country. And so we're looking towards excitement of that, of moving toward that. What a great foundational um, philosophy and plan. Um, as, our, as our people are listening to this today, what are some concrete steps that, that they can take that we would want our people to do going forward? Yeah, I would say um, the first thing is, is just get exposed to what God's heart is and there's so many ways to do that. Um, go to equipping. For the last two semesters, we've given equipping opportunities for missions. Mm -hmm. um, the thing called Journey uh, Course, we uh, are partnering with some other churches locally and also Perspectives. And some of those are bigger, expensive things or take a little more, more commitment. And we actually try to subsidize that if mm -hmm. people want to go. So get equipped. Uh, this is also a really simple thing. Um, Joshua Project has an, an unreached app that will notify you and help you understand some of the people and tribes and nations that are unreached. Fantastic tool. The IMB prayer app is, again, will introduce you to real things. So get into your brain to pray for people. Mm. Um, you know this. I tend to read a lot of non-American uh, news sources. Yes. And one of the reasons that helps me pray for the world because America is very America-focused, America mm -hmm. first. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so it helps get you outside and understand the needs around the world and the suffering around the world and what how that would affect the church. And so pray. But listen, unapologetically give to Keystone. Yes. There will never be a budget in this church that our, that I'm the pastor or our elders are the elder <laughs> where we won't give 10% minimum to not this place, right. to local, global, and church planting. And so we're giving a lot towards those things. Mm -hmm. uh, but also as we find, you know, we're kind of in the infancy of some of our new partnerships, but as we find ways to go, be interested in it. And you need to know this, a couple things is, if you have a calling and you feel like, God, I don't know what to do that, we actually have a mentoring process that we would love to walk you through. Absolutely. And to discern, is God calling me overseas? We have a cup, two couples right now walking through that season. That's great. So it's like we we eagerly want to help us stir that call for you, but wake up to what God's doing and uh, pray for the world and continue to give because we're going to continue to give 
and let's just keep going in there. And our hope is over the years to come is that missions isn't kind of a backroom thing. Again, it's kind of tough because some of the places we can't talk about. And so it's how do we keep raising the flag for this when we can't publicly talk about it? But this is a heart of our leadership and we want to grow as a church together. What a clear path of action. Brent, appreciate you laying out not only the theological, but the practical, but the step-by-step next steps as we make disciples of all nations. What a great, great mission going forward for us. So, Kiso, and thanks for being with us on today on the podcast and go in grace and peace.